So what's up, world? This is the Emerging Evolution Podcast coming back. This is Rowdy the Inclusive Activist. Calvin the Drapedomaniac. Um, and we talked before we started the podcast, and we're going to be talking today on the partisan trap. But before we do that, we wanted to give you a little bit more of a connection to us. And I'm sure you were like, why do you... Okay, these two human beings have these AKAs, these aliases. Oh, man. And what is that? What does that come from? What does that mean? And so I looked up Calvin's before before I heard him explain it. <laughs> but I'm really interested to hear Calvin's draped a maniac in his own words. Man, this is like some Bruce Wayne stuff, man. You got me revealing my back cave, Rowdy. <laughs> so check it. All right. Draped a mania was a pseudoscience way back in like the early 1800s. And when enslaved Africans would try to escape slavery, when they would try to get free, they were like, why would these people try to escape slavery? They, they must be crazy. They must be sick. We will call this sickness, uh, this desire for freedom, drapedomania. So the idea of drapedomania is a pseudoscience given to enslaved Africans that were trying to get free. Gotcha. So I'm the drapedomaniac. I'm trying to get free <laughs> yep. all the damn time. <laughs> yep. And just passionate about it all and, the time. And I invite you to be a draped maniac too. We need a little bit more draped mania in the world. <laughs> I hear and understand that. Uh, for me, inclusive activist was, I was trying to think I'm an activist, right? But then some of the surrounding words of activist get poisoned a little bit mm. because people don't want activists to be something that's cool. Mm. And so I knew I needed a qualifier to be the heart of what I was hoping to do, right? Because mm. activists, they're like all riot or looter or whatever. And I'm like, I've never really seen an activist do that. <laughs> well, Thomas Jefferson. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You know, that's true. Paul Revere. <laughs> <laughs> right. But they're nation state builders. That's different. We'll probably never get on that level. Right, right, right. Right. <laughs> so for me, I was looking at it and there was a great quote by Martin Luther King. If one is going to be an activist, be an activist for love. Push for being love. Be a revolutionary for love. Like, put your, your passion and energy into that thing. And when I was thinking about where I'm wanting to go, it's really like creating as inclusive as a space as possible. Word. So people can create community, come into community together. Yes. And the idea was, if I'm gonna be this activist, then I wanna be an inclusive activist that really looks at what it means to, to create community, break down systems and barriers and walls uh, so we can come together. And activists gotta unite. They do. I mean, they do. bottom line, human beings gotta unite to take care of each other on the planet. Yeah, it's funny. Gen Z wants to make a million nonprofits to say, to change the world, and I'm like, bruh, which I think I've decided might be gender neutral. Mm, I don't bruh. know, bruh, not bro, bruh. but bruh, maybe. Bruh. I don't know. It could be kind of like bra too. Like it could be, yeah. which is gender neutral too. Yes, yes, yeah. I'm wondering if it's like working in that same yeah, way. Yeah, maybe, maybe. It's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was having a discussion in my gender neutral cavern in any town about it. We were like, maybe, <laughs> maybe that is gender neutral. I really think this whole, like just on a sidebar thing yeah. about gender, this idea of gender expression and how we've come to understand this, it's it's really a trip because like scientifically, what is it, all vertebrae are inherently conceived as like female or something mm -hmm. like that, they say. Yeah. Yeah. 
And I'll never forget, man, these lesbian sisters called me out. She was like, that's right. You're a mutation. Yep. And I was like, damn. It's true. <laughs> you know, but it's true. still, this idea of expression, I mean, I think we're just standing on the frontier of this right now. Really what I love about it is, like, I, with everything that's happening in gender right now, is it's really breaking down walls and silos in ways that are really exciting to see, and it's happening so fast. Right. The way it's changing language really excites me, too. Well, and there's also a remembering of what indigenous populations mm -hmm. did. Yeah. You know, and just there was an expression, and I just, sky's the limit, you know, what we could do. Exactly. We, we got, and and it's, it's just a barrier to releasing power and energy, man. So, so we can come together again. But that, that connects with the inclusive activism. I think the challenge for a lot of conservative heads is like, well, where are the limits? You know, where are the boundaries here? You know, it's, you're not going to lose anything. <laughs> you're only going to gain. Yeah, friends, connections. You're going to lose anxiety. Right. You're going to you know? lose concern. Like, you're not going to be so threatened. Right. When you look over your shoulder, it's going to be because you're going to see someone you love. Right. Like, could you imagine? I'm looking over my shoulder at people I love. I will just stop worrying. It'll be <laughs> like freedom from work. Like, you might get a good night's sleep, damn it. Yeah. Because you know people are looking out for you. We got you. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's where we're going. Okay. So Drape Domania, inclusive activist, we, we, we just wanted to break that down for folks before we got started. So today, we're taking on the partisan trap. Mm. Um, so what we're going to be looking at, three main areas, so be tuned in for these things. We talk about the history of partisanship, where did that come from, why was it built, it's a system. So a system was built, imagined, and engineered for a, spur so for a for specific purpose. You got that. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I know, it took a second, but I got there. <laughs> for for, for a person. <laughs> Systems aren't broken. They work exactly the way they're supposed to. We're also going to talk about anybody and anything can create and perpetuate these things. And then lastly, we're going to talk about how to disempower the lines of disconnection. Yes. So those are the three things to be looking for. So we're going to hop in to the history of partisanship. So Calvin's got some interesting information on the history of where this come, came from and how it works. Well, if you really think about just human civilization, human mm -hmm. societies, right? Hunter and gathering societies, if you will, which were mostly more gathering. Yes. You know, more about berries and fruits. Everybody thinks there was these great hunters. No. Like 90% of the time, they came back with nothing. Yeah. And the women had the groots and the tubers and the berries that got dinner done every night. All that stuff, right? Uh -huh. Yeah. So like, cause this, that stuff's just growing everywhere, mm -hmm. you know? So anyway, out of the hunter and gathering concept came the idea of tribal nations, mm -hmm. you know, and a lot of times that was around, you know, ideology or with a religion or a connection with a particular place in, on a land. Mm -hmm. And so within those groups, if you want to get power, you divide. And how do you divide? You gossip, you whisper, you say stuff behind people's back, you, you play them against each other in order to kind of control them. Classic in-group, out-group stuff. It's a simple formula. Yep. Right? So in a feudal system, you think about that model, you got peasants, serfs, slaves, mm -hmm. right? Then you got the merchant class in the middle, you got your vassals, nobles, lords, and then your king, queen, and then usually they had some kind of a relationship with a religious power, a church, a temple, a group, you know, some kind of connection there, right? You gotta believe in the system to make it work. Right, right, and so, the way you keep that structure working is you give a little bit more privilege to each layer mm -hmm. as you move up the ladder. Yep. Now, 
how do you keep the ones at the bottom? Because that's the biggest part of the pyramid. Most a whole bunch. Yeah, all right. The, the top of the pyramid is, is there's a few, but there's a lot at the bottom. Well, you turn them against each other by saying that group's this way and this group's that way. You, you whisper gossip, prejudices. You keep them distrustful. You give this group this sometime and this group that sometime. Hutu Tutsi stuff in Rwanda, yes, right? And um, you just play people against each other. So when we a lot of times think of partisanship, we go right to political parties. Mm -hmm. So let's think about the political parties we know. The two big ones in the USA, Democrat and Republican. Mm -hmm. The Democratic Party was originally the party of the white working class. Mm -hmm. They were the party of the overseers of the slaves, yeah, the, racist the people, ones. the one. Well, not not the racist ones, well, really just the peasants at the time. from Europe, yeah. the folks that was just struggling from Europe, trying to make it. And so these people felt like hell over in Europe and they were being treated like dirt over here as indentured servants. But they made their jobs on the genocide of natives and mm -hmm. the enslavement of Africans, right? Mm -hmm. And that was their infrastructure. So the Democratic Party was the party to make sure that these people got some bigger crumbs, mm -hmm. you know, that they had some social nets to take care of them so that they wouldn't fall through the cracks, right? And then you had the Whig Party, and mm -hmm. then the Whigs were more of like the corporate, the mercantilism, and mm -hmm. taking care of industry and stuff like that, the big landowner party, mm -hmm. if you will. Well, then you had eventually the emerging of the Republican Party, and the Republican Party was, during the Industrial Revolution, it was like, yo, man, this working class folks, we don't really care for these people. We just need folks to work in these factories, mm -hmm. to pump out this stuff. And that, that slave model, well, there's a way to do that. It's through prison, mass incarceration. Mm -hmm. And so what happened was the Republican Party wanted to, it was the party of white wealth. It was the party of industry, mm -hmm. right? And it was the big landowner party. And the Democratic Party was the party of the white working class. Mm -hmm. And so what happened was over time, you had a flip and wow, the creation of race as we know it. I mean, the other meaning of the word race is a competition. Mm -hmm. Europeans didn't call themselves white. Whiteness was created to keep the peasants searching slaves from Europe, not uniting with the enslaved Africans and the natives. Those three populations were coming together in the original 13 colonies and they were burning crap down. They were inclusive activists mm -hmm. <laughs> and they were destroying the infrastructure and they were having babies and what we would call multiracial communities mm -hmm. and then they passed the miscegenation laws to make sure that there was no interracial so-called connection big threats they time. created laws and started calling people white not english and dutch and german anymore mm -hmm. and hell like that's partisanship right mm -hmm. you play people against so how this came to where we are today is now what happened was in the 60s Man, the United States government was the only institution that said humans called non-white or white. Mm -hmm. And they started telling these corporations, look, you can't keep treating folks like this. They started telling religious organizations, you can't keep treating people like this. And so suddenly that love of U.S. government was like, no, big government bad, right. big government bad. And so the Democratic Party, that was the party of the working class white folks, became suddenly the party of the working class, mm -hmm. right? And then the Republican Party was the party of land ownership, wealth, and the big business owners. And so now what you have was this kind of shift of values between this, and to this day, you see a weaponization on both sides for divide and conquer, to keep humankind, fighting against each other for crumbs instead of coming together across these artificial 
as well as sometimes real lines around like religion or belief system. Right. What's always been interesting to me about some of the stuff that you're talking about too is the how seductive and like layered intersectional privilege is too. You know, everybody's like mo- most likely there's not one person out there that's just all oppressed identities. Mm. You know what I mean? Like mm. they got some privilege somewhere in some space, mm. right? And um, it's interesting how that works because everybody has a piece of them that's overvalued for no no good reason just overvalued because of the systems that we live in, right? But it's interesting because I think everybody's a threat because everybody intersectionally has some piece of privilege. It might be your able privilege. It might be your English speaking privilege, like whatever, right? You get this little benefit from things and because privilege isn't visible to you because you don't have to like think about those things. Like you don't have to worry about those things because the world is built to overvalue that part of you. You don't have to consider this stuff, and especially if you're separated from folks that don't have it. I think a little bit of a pushback I feel though is that sure. on one side though, you do have people that on every aspect of their identity, just about 99% of it would be considered the standard. Right. I, I personally yeah. don't use like privilege a lot because I think it's it's an illusion. It's really danger. Right. Because it, it gives people a sauce a false sense of either supremacy or our standard and mm-hmm. it can disconnect them and it actually reinforces a lot of anxiety yeah. for a lot of people but I do think that there are white, straight, Protestant, able-bodied, cisgendered, hetero men, mm-hmm. right? That's how they were born. They mm-hmm. were born into that. It's not a fault or anything. That's the it's way they them. were born, yeah. right? And that that's the structure they were born into. And on the flip side, there are non-white, non-binary, trans, lesbian, queer, you know, with a physical, maybe cognitive, all these various challenges mm-hmm. that in a sense are living in a situation that they were born into and it's not their fault. No, just and, and genetic lottery. And so one of the things with partisanship, the way it works is it plays upon people's misinformation around power and privilege. It also plays into the anxieties around the oppressor and oppressed binary, mm-hmm. right? The reality is I think oppressed oppressors are very spiritually oppressed a lot of times because they oh, are yeah. living in worry, they're living in anxiousness, they're disconnected from the world, they operate within a bubble. They kind of like, I, had a bu- I got a buddy who's got a, a little baby girl and he's a physician and we were at the beach and it was some nasty crap. She picked up off the ground. She was putting it in her mouth. And I was like, ah, why? And he was just like, ah, she's building immunities. And I was like, damn. And he was talking about like, and the medical industry talks that when we're in too much of a sterile environment, an environment that lacks like biodiversity, Mm -hmm. uh, an environment that lacks things that sort of challenge our immune system, we become literally physically weaker. We're more susceptible to viruses. And in order to build immunity means we need challenge. Yeah. They got fecal transplants to take care of the problem of hand washing <laughs> that we have created for ourselves. So if you got some kids, let them eat some dirt pies and stuff. <laughs> it's going to be all right. Mud pies. It's not going to kill them. Kind of Pick, salty. Picking some boogers and stuff is not going to kill you. <laughs> but There's some good stuff in that. The partisanship plays upon this, this idea of fragility, right? And mm-hmm. like this idea for one side, like... 
they get offended by this and the other side gets offended about that and it'll play a point i mean we see this working out right now they'll weaponize offense yes in order to distract people from the real issues absolutely man. yeah you know and so don't mean don't get me wrong like people saying and doing stuff is jacked up and it needs to be confronted but if we're not careful of how partisanship works we can fall into the trap you know it's like that dog and up squirrel squirrel yeah. tanks in here squirrel yep. you know we yep. get all these shiny things pulling us away from what's really important what really matters uh, so which which really brings us to the doorstep of point number two anybody and anything can create the this partisanship thing it's not just something that happens politically so we tried to look at some some easy to notice examples uh, we came up with uh, religion you never really see different religions sit down and get together right like do stuff together I mean there's interfaith councils right but how many people of all religions come to the interfaith council right man it's usually like it's some Christians and Jewish folks. You got to really, yeah, with a, with a token Muslim person, just so you can be like, yeah, hey, here it, we go. It's it's a little Semitic bubble, right? No it's, atheists. All by children. The way. Oh yeah, <laughs> heck yeah. Where you know atheists or heaven forbid a Wiccan. Ooh, That's right. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> a pagan's in the house. Ah! <laughs> I know. A threat to all three of the Abrahamic religions. But but most of. Christianity celebrations of pagan man, the, the tree. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Where the freak that little Santa. bunny come from, man? Yeah. This little bunnies with Santa. The bunny, <laughs> bunny just completely out there. Jesus died on a cross. Bunny and eggs. What? I'm just. I'm still trying to figure it out, bro. I'm still trying to figure. Well, it out. Well, they had to sell it, and what were you gonna? How, I know. How are you gonna sell? Christmas was getting waxed, man. Jewish guy on a cross. That's really hard to monetize. Right. So. Uh, we came up with school, right? There's gifted, there's special ed, nerd, jocks. I mean, we do it ourselves even within systems. Right. Band kids, theater kids. Oh, wait, wait, Roddy. Now you got people saying like, wait a minute, you're saying we're just all the same. Like, no, we're all the same because we're all different. Exactly. The challenge is the ranking, right? right. The value. The status stuff around the fact it. That, the fact that I'm a guy, so I'm overvalued just because I happen to have a penis. That's right. That gives me so many advantages that I don't ask for. You got a little bit more bass in your voice. That's right. And that works out <laughs> to my advantage over and over again. My partner says a great idea. No one listens. I repeat the same idea my partner says. Everybody's like, that's a great idea. Yeah, because you got bass. Her idea. Base. Her idea. <laughs> bass. Prison, right? You know, oh, you got man. general population. You got the people that get to be slaves. You know, mm -hmm. you got uh, ADSEG, folks in solitary confinement, which is one of the worst things you can do to human oh, beings. man. I mean, come on, bro. It, it literally right now, I mean, I never forget Chris Rock said, uh, Shaq is rich. The old white man who signs his check is wealthy. <laughs> Absolutely. And this idea of just money and status. I mean, down to the grade school. I mean, I remember back in the day, some of y'all won't get this. But, you know, I had ColecoVision, man. Yeah. Like an old video game system. Yep. And, bro, I had Donkey Kong Jr. Mm-hmm. That was the shit. Yeah. That, man, I was the poop because I had Donkey Kong Jr. Yeah. And so suddenly I had status. And basically who I let come to my house to play Donkey Kong Jr. That was the end and the out grouping right there. Yeah, right? man. Like, and I was, I'm playing the partisanship game, right? Yeah. And if you, if you my homie... If you down, I'm a weaponized loyalty on you. Then you'll do this, or you'll go, you know, hit that fool in the face, and you know, and it just, you know, if you're gonna prove your tribe, you're gonna prove your loyalty to my, 
to this partisanship, yeah. then you got to go hurt those people or act that way towards those people. You know, third grade, if you, you know, if you talk to them, you can't be my friend. Like, it's yeah. that basic. What are some things that you think you, because I, I got to think this through, because through, I'm asking you a question that I have not thought of ahead of time. What are some ways that you think you still feed into your partisan trap? What are, like, areas that you're still doing your work? I have to really clarify language sometimes. Yeah. Because when I talk about issues and issues, particularly how like race intersects with all identities all the time, every time, mm-hmm. sometimes people take that as if I hold race as a real concept. Like gotcha. to me, race is a superstition. It's a lie. Yeah. But a lot of people that don't know me, that don't understand, I can be sometimes clumsy with my language Mm -hmm. and not like clarify or articulate. And it's just a lot of times that's not my job to do. But then also I have to think about it. Do I want to be tight or right? Right. Because to tight means to be connected, to be like solidarity, stand united with Mm -hmm. humankind. Yeah. And sometimes I get stuck in wanting to be right. Yeah. And, you know, and I want to like dominate and like win and like just push through and bulldoze through and instead of you know instead of being tight i want to be right i could get like a sloth with my mind i can get lazy with my language and not really work to clarify well and it's hard because like you're making a million different microtransactions in your head right with tight and right you Mm -hmm. know what i mean because Mm -hmm. you can overly enable fragility by being right focus on tight too much Right. right or you can be ultra focused on right try to do things right every single time try to say things right every single time and that fragility isn't just around like it's the intersection of race it's it's male fragility yes. it's like wealth fragility who's ever seen as the standard and position of power those tend to be the most fragile people and then the people that have been hurt a lot are not necessarily fragile but can be the quick to be offended yeah and so you got fragility and offense and being offended and then there's no real like healing, right? Because we're just everybody's hurt work. and nobody does anything, right? And we all just go back to our corners and talk shit and post stuff from our couch on. It's been hard because like I've tried to look at language and like how to have the right type of language when we're talking about like you know people of color, minority, all those things. Because some of those make mistakes. Does, it's it's hard. Like the best we've been able to come up with is like historically marginalized groups. It's long. I know it is, isn't it? And it's really problematic. Because also, does historically mean not now? Right. Like, and that's complicated. And I tried to come up with language that what that didn't overvalue um, those seen as privileged positions, right? And the best that I came up with was normative dominant. Well, I... Because I, I, it's not real. It's just societally created as normative and language is temporal right yeah. like this stuff isn't we act like this stuff is fixed it's yeah. static it's gonna change and so i remember like i'm a cisgendered straight male my pronouns are he his and him right and i believe we need to be doing that more mm-hmm. you know at the same time i'll never forget it was in a workshop and it was some folks from the congo that were here right mm-hmm. we spent all this time talking about we were setting up norms and we were setting up rules for talking and how we were gonna engage each other and whatnot. We had spent like a good hour, not on pronouns, but just on norms, norms. of the conversations, right? Yeah. And they pulled me off to the side and they were like, you know, in this country, you you spend a lot of time talking about yourselves and ways to make things comfortable. They're like, where we live, it's constant war, right? Yeah. Where we're going from and like, 
you know, we walked two days to get to this big conference and, you know, it's just, they were like, it was just interesting. Like we could learn about this, you know, so, to, but at the same time, I think they said you could learn from us and that really get outside of yourself because you're really kind of stuck about yourself and making sure things are good, good for, for you. you. Yeah. 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 Well, they'll do intellectual debate like that and it's oh, yeah. fine and it's yeah. nothing personal and they'll get into like what appears to be for us westerners like fights it's not a fight they're just disagreeing just going in and they're trying to figure out and, and and it's funny because with that intellectual debate they're not like as wedded to right as we are right because it's okay to have an intellectual debate publicly in that way well yeah and people will seed well in the publicly. in the clash of these varying ideas the spark of truth comes out. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's really if your motive is about tight mm -hmm. and not right, like yeah. clashing of those ideas to to violently overthrow. Yeah, it's just that's partisanship. Right. But the clashing of ideas in order to find sparks of truth, in order to operate from that, that's evolutionary. That's growing. That's transformative. Well, what I like about the 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 folks that are speaking from that culture is they figured. They've got the internal norms to do that stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that it's not for right, it's for truth. Well, yeah. And there's a difference between right and truth. Well, they'll go out and have coffee later. Yeah. You know, like get into it hard and then go out and still play soccer. My favorite thing to do on <laughs> Facebook when people don't don't agree with me is be like, well, let's sit down and go have some lunch and discuss it. I've done that, yeah. Like, I find very few people... No, we'll they won't do it. Exactly. No, no. no they're like, Let, let's flame war, let's fight, let's be right online. But I'm like, no, I'll buy lunch. Let me know when you can get together. Bruh, I had people stalk me, straight up stalk me. And I'm like, look, let's meet at a public place yeah. and get into this. And they were like, I'm not that serious, bro. And I'm like... <laughs> Well, why the hell are you harassing? You seem pretty serious. Yeah, you just like fucking with my avatar all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so let's let's have a face to face. Yeah, let's you figure know? it out. It's like, it's coward. Do you want to do it? it? <laughs> so what can we do to disempower these lines of disconnection? What can mm. we do to, you know, if there is the line, how do we, how do we like spread the sand over the line and not even notice this disconnection stuff? The quick and the short is make mistakes. Mm-hmm. That means get face to face, make mistakes, and be humble enough to learn from them. Yeah. Be humble enough to grow from them, uh, to talk through the challenges. Uh, I think also we got to be really clear on our like subconscious beliefs and yeah. the stuff we say. You know, our conspiracy theories and yeah. the stuff we talk about with people we really, really trust. Are we willing to reveal like that hidden card, the wild card, right? Yeah. And when we're willing to reveal our wild cards, you know, audit that in the face of people that don't think like us and yeah. believe like us, to to put it all out there, to you know, to be naked, yeah, to really get naked and then grow and stand there naked and look at each other and not judge and really then talk about the way we've been trained to judge and engineer and like build humanity from there but I, I don't know exactly what it looks like yeah I, I just do know it will be it's messy. a path yeah it's it, and it's not a it's not a place no it's a path no and no. you always got to be walking that path and the other thing is like you got to be really really open about those wild card things you know um, I tell people that I work with like I was enculturated in homophobia hard the 90s were incredibly homophobic. Yeah. And like were. that enculturation into homophobia 
calling people faggot bitch. Like, I did all that stuff. All the time. On the daily. I was incredibly threatened by gay men. For whatever reason. Wow. Like, I don't know why. Even, even then I went to the gay 90s. Like, in Minneapolis. Like, it was <laughs> the gay bar downtown. Mm. But still! Like, my language is incredibly threatened, right? Yeah. Incredibly worried about That's stuff. That's deep, Rowdy. But, but I had to look at that stuff, right? And, like, I had to, like, take myself to places. Even when, like, Brokeback Mountain came out, right? I watched it. And I, there were still parts of me that was like, ugh. Like, why? Oh, bro. Ugh. Well, I, I like, had... They, they were just loving on each if, other. If we're talking real truth on stuff, like, a big thing for me was confronting, like objectification of women you know yeah. i mean i know there was a time when i like like real talk where i struggled with a porn addiction man yeah and you know really looking at how like you would just see people as body parts not yeah. as a soul not as a mind mm -hmm. not as a relation and not even looking at people like that way but getting my fix that way mm -hmm. you know numbing myself from this divided fragmented war mm -hmm. world but then also carrying that over into like, where I was just, man, I was so, I mean, part of my promiscuity was surviving sexual violence, mm -hmm. but then also too was just, it was usury, man. Mm -hmm. I would exploit. And it was really connected to these distorted ideas I had around sex around from what I saw in porn, mm -hmm. distorted ideas I had about relationship, distorted ideas of what I thought my, how my partner was supposed to perform doing sex, you know? Well, cause you don't see, regular loving sex no there is no frame for i love you let's have sex or, i mean let's make love or really or just awkward like oh like oh ah you gotta grow my hair yeah like <laughs> shit ah like oh that's like oh, wait a minute hold on like wait like your breath kind of sneaks or like yeah. you know <laughs> it's not gonna happen for me today let's let's like let's hit the timeout button you know we're exhausting ourselves yeah it's like not the clothes like no nah, man you're wearing a dirty t-shirt with a coffee stain on it <laughs> take your socks off it's the realness but like yeah so real like so just this idea of like you talked about being engineered you know or with you know a homophobic mindset mm -hmm. My engineering was this idea of objectification of women and men in that I had an idea about how my performance was supposed to be, and oh, how man. my body was supposed to look, yeah. you know, and all this distorted crap because of pornos. And man, yeah. that was just like, and, and now it's so readily available. I think it's really warping a lot. I mean, there's a lot of folks in relationships don't even have sex with their partners because they're getting their rocks off on porn. Yeah. It's nuts, man. And it's funny because they're lonely. Yeah. In a relationship. Yeah, man, but they, they got some physical release, but they don't have intimacy and connection and holding hands. And, and don't get me wrong. Like, if anybody that's in any kind of sexual relationship, you know there's people talk about the three stages. There's making love, yeah. there's having sex, and there's fucking, right? Yeah. <laughs> so... But and but the idea is that it's about a reciprocal thing, you know, with this partner and this stuff. The other thing that I realized with this this situation with for a lot of folks in porn is that it's totally selfish. You're in control of the sex. You're in control of stopping the thing and this yeah. and that. And it's 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 not realistic. I I mean, no. to me, I connected to also what's happening with like Siri and you mm -hmm. know some of the little smart speakers like you got yeah. these children growing up you know 
Alexa, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Everything is about barking orders. Mm -hmm. That's kind of like pornography. Like you're not, you don't have to really interact with life in a real way. And the defaults of female voice. So what is that doing to us? Man, come on. Like, all, like I found, I heard that they there was a, Google I think was working on one, where there was a frequency that was between male and female voice, so it was indistinguishable gender-wise. And I was like, see, now that would be slightly better. So, okay, so partisanship, how do we not fall into the trap, right? Yeah. Is the thing is, I think some of what we have to do is break away from convenience also. Yeah. We really want to do what's convenient. What's yeah. fast? Yeah. What feels good right yeah. away, and developing the self-discipline to resist convenience sometimes. Mm -hmm. So this big piece with facial recognition, where yeah. since we're on the tech thing, it's really interesting that facial recognition recognizes the faces of uh, what we would call white men, yeah. typically, right? But facial recognition of female faces, there's been a lot of challenges, mm -hmm. and then faces that are considered non-white especially faces with the more melanin, mm -hmm. the harder. Yeah. So in a sense, facial recognition is very easy for white men, mm -hmm. but for black women who are rich in melanin, mm -hmm. facial recognition is really hard. Like, mm -hmm. wow, who designed that? Right. You know, and so even how our partisanship, our bias, our prejudices can go into the design of technology, right? Some of this stuff that we access and use because it's convenient, can actually be perpetuating the fragmentation of humankind, the partisanship, the trickery. Mm -hmm. And so convenience, falling into convenience can be falling into the trap. I agree. One of the other things I really like to push people on too is like at the end of the day, there's somebody you don't like and you have rationalized it's okay not to talk to that person when they come by your cubicle. Yeah, man. You've rationalized yourself that I don't want to talk to them in my class. Estrangement. Yeah. You won't invite them to things. Word. And it's funny because, like, you think they got a problem. And at the end of the day, they are fine. You got a problem. What? There's something about that person that reflects something in you. You don't like to look at or see or, or, or know how to deal with where you need that person. Well, there's a fine line. Yeah. Because, you know, you got some situations where there are people that are toxic or people right. that have also committed, you know, sexually abused people, Absolutely. physically abused yeah. people, yeah. whatnot. Now, those are extreme examples. Yeah. Right? I'm you're, talking about you're the talking random. Day to day. The random person you, you just don't want to know. Right. For the, whatever reason. And a lot of times people that get this kind of mistreatment tend to be people that are on the spectrum. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they don't meet the social norms or the the social cues and conversation like everybody else. Yeah. And you know, when we ostracize them or versus learning how to say like, hey man, I don't want to talk about that. We're not gonna be the best of friends, you know. Yeah. Or, you know, figure out like graceful ways to do that, right? Yeah. We're not taught about that stuff. Right. But there are healthy boundaries, like in family. I know people that'll say like, they'll go to family reunions and they'll interact, you know, and be there. But they know if this particular person is there, they're like, I, I just can't be there because right. of what they did to me. And that's a difference between healthy exactly. boundaries and exactly. estrangement. Exactly. Because I'm not saying you need to be friends with everybody in the world. Right. I'm not saying you need to go befriend assholes. I'm not even saying you need to find out if they're an asshole or not. <laughs> well, and, and the partisanship trap 
will play upon people's desire to create healthy boundaries mm -hmm. and also challenge themselves beyond estrangement, holding petty grudges and mm -hmm. stuff. The partisan trap, there are people that study the sort of psychology and the emotional like toll around this stuff mm -hmm. and they'll weaponize it. They'll yeah. use it in marketing and media yeah. to dog whistle people, to mm -hmm. gaslight people, yeah. to do this stuff. Yeah. But that's why I, I use the estrangement piece as just a really good example of something because yeah. like there is, I mean everybody knows somebody oh yeah that there's really no good reason but you just don't like them right and you've never even given them enough of a shot to like them or not oh man I it's just good practice Roddy I've done that shit as an abuser myself in family where I've walked around people like they're a furniture and weaponized silence where yeah. I'm quiet Mm -hmm. and cold and yeah. you know and i know that we should be talking and whatnot and by default man that's my violence right there yeah. that's my real violence and the way i fall into the partisanship trap the mm -hmm. way i fall into the fragmentation of huma humanity trap is you know i've, I've known i've used violence mm -hmm. with silence yeah silence is violence yeah like there's a difference between silence and comfortably sharing presence together too. Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. you know what the two feels like and you, and, you, and you can be aware of those things, but pointing that stuff out and making people aware of some of those things oh, and being yeah, like, man. you know, it wouldn't be the worst thing if you invited that person to a movie too. Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. I'm not saying you have to be best friends. Right. But just don't shun or isolate. That's bullying. And it's the little ways. And boy, we got a lot of great reasons to do oh, it. Man. But the beauty of the person that you don't want to connect with is there's something about them that ain't about them that'll show you something about you now that I think you might need to look at. Now, here's the challenge. Yep. As individuals, this is fantastic. Yes. The reality with the concept of peoples, though. Yeah. So with the fragmentation of peoples as a whole, and peoples are the idea of race and every so-called race on the planet holds a container full of different identities gender mm -hmm. class sexuality religion you name it as peoples and this is one thing to all those humans called white out there gotta learn is that the healing of this stuff for peoples white folks got a lot of work to do they got a lot of ground to cover a lot of like extra extra load to carry because non-white people have been carrying this load so long. Mm -hmm. It's really time for white folks to step up in a big way and do a lot of heavy lifting. Now that's what makes people uncomfortable with the partisanship and they're like, well, it should all be fair. You know, I just yeah. this and that. And it's like, nah, this stuff was set up on unfairness. Equity does not look fair. Yeah, and so. It's inherently But that's also means unfair. like men, <laughs> like, you know, with regards to like in the gender piece, men have an extra load to carry with the work with women, but then men of color with white women, there's a different level of baggage yeah. that goes on there, right? There's that intersectional thing. Mm -hmm. So, because we were seen as the rapist predators that would do Super dirt, rapist. and that's why that we got our testicles cut off and hung from trees, you know? And so, it's complicated, but it could be simple if we just got humble. And that's, that's the place where we'll leave you because we're going to talk about the, the next barrier uh, in the next podcast and then we'll talk about what it looks like when we come together. Today, we talked about the history of partisanship, where did it come from and why. 
We noted that anybody and anything can create these things, and we do all these things on a day-to-day -day basis. We, Calvin and I, do those things on a day-to-day -day basis. We also talked about how you can disempower those lines of disconnection. How can you practice some of those things? Uh, some of them is actually having healthy boundaries. Some of those is going uh, past those that you might want to normally feel like you want to connect with. Uh, but there's something that about the healing that brings unity together. And I think that's one of the most beautiful things. Uh, and with that, um, that is our podcast for the day. So I am going to give them the voicemail line. It's 860-576-9393. Again, that voicemail line is 860-576-9393. You can get a hold of me at inclusiveactivism at cox.net. You can learn more about me and Sarah, our producer, at inclusiveactivism.com. And with that, I'm going to turn it over to Calvin to sign us out. Yes, Calvin the Drake the Maniac. If you want to send me an email... That is Calvin, B as in boy, dot Terrell, T-E-R-R-E-L-L, at gmail.com, or Calvin at CalvinTerrell.com. Visit my nonprofit, socialcenter.com, or CalvinTerrell.com. This is exciting work, y'all. Keep pushing. Reach out to us. Let us know your thoughts. Let us know your disagreements. Mm -hmm. Let us know what you're doing, what you're trying, what you're mm -hmm. working on. We would love to collaborate in any way. Yes, there's a lot of work and not enough hands. Yes. So help us help you in whatever way we can. And with that, that's Rowdy signing out. Blessings. Peace.